What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the newly named podcast. That's right. We're under a new name now, ladies and gentlemen. It is Big Dave's Wrestling Review, where I go over all of the wrestling news and rumors and review the shows. Guys, we're changing things up just a little bit because uh, we want to be able to get out to more platforms and, and, and meet new people. I uh, just felt like there needed to be a new name. Uh, it's kind of redundant to call it the Big Dave Wrestling Podcast when it's obviously a podcast. So I decided to just uh, shorten it down, Big Dave's Wrestling Review. And the main reason that I've done this is a lot of you have been asking and uh, I know I haven't been uh, on in a few days. Uh, there's a reasoning for that. Um, we're going to be trying to get over onto YouTube. So this is going to be the first episode that I'm trying to implement. Not only on Anchor and Google uh, Podcasts and iTunes and all the other outlets that we're on. Spotify. But we're also going to try to go ahead and push this out through YouTube as well. And so we have started a new channel, Big Dave's Wrestling Review. That's what you look up, and you can find all of the episodes from here on out, at least, uh, of the Big Dave Wrestling Review. Today is July 9th, 2019. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my birthday today. I have already been getting those notifications and texts and people wishing me a happy birthday. I sure do appreciate it. Everybody that's reached out to me early this morning. Um, getting old, man. Getting old. And it's not cool. So, uh, But I'm blessed to still be here. To be honest with you, I didn't think I'd make it this long. But I, I, I've, I've somehow made it past uh, where I thought I'd be. So... Um, Hoping to have a good birthday, and I'm happy to spend and share my birthday with all of you guys out there in the wrestling community world. We are going over Monday Night Raw tonight, and uh, <laughs> guys, I, I, I told you when we reviewed Raw last week, my initial review was it was a good show, one of the better shows of the year. But it's only because they gave us basically a shit sandwich. They gave us something at the beginning, something at the end, but everything in the middle was the same. Uh, so it was such, I, I actually didn't notice it as much until I went and watched it again. And, and that's when I had to, when I gave the SmackDown review, I had to basically apologize to everyone that listens because... I feel as if I let you down with my review on last Monday night because they tricked me just like they tricked so many people into believing that Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff were already in the works, were already there uh, working behind the scenes, and uh, that just wasn't the case at all. So last week, so many people kind of, I got a little, you know, I got some people that hated on Big Dave and, you know, told me I was being too negative told me I didn't know anything. I could not accept the fact that Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff were going to take over now and AEW would be nothing. 
and that I didn't know as much as I thought I did because look what they've done to Raw. Well, guys, I ain't here to say I told you so, but I've been watching Raw since the very first episode of Raw almost 30 years ago, and uh, I told you so, didn't I? Still the same old thing. Where was the attitude? Where was the holy shit moment? Where was the middle finger like we had with Kofi? Where was the PG-14? Everybody thought we were going to start, we were leaving the PG era. Guys, we're not leaving the PG era, at least not anytime soon. I have heard rumors and rumors and rumors of them going PG-14, PG-14. Guys, they will push the PG limitation as far as they can. I said that when I heard that Heyman took over Raw. I said the difference between Heyman and Vince in this outlet is Vince plays it safe. Heyman will push it as far as it can go. He will take it to the edge of that PG rating. And that's what they did to us two weeks ago. The only thing that they did this week to me that had any kind of Added, like now, oh God, I don't even want to say attitude. I just more uh, of an adult and edgier product was the Mike and Maria Canella stuff, which I didn't think they'd be back on TV. So you got me there. I thought that was just Vince's way of burying Mike Canellis to the fullest. So I don't know what's going on with that angle, to be honest with you. I don't like the angle. Um, it's just like you have to say the word impregnate over and over and over. It's just like, come on, man, this is not... I mean, some people might think it's edgy. I did hear that Paul Heyman had something to do with that segment. I don't know if that's true. That's allegations. I really hope he didn't because, to be perfectly honest with you, that's not my thing. That's not my cup of tea. Um, especially, you got two people on the on the roster that nobody's really seen. You know, the casual viewer doesn't know who Mike and Maria Canellis is. So to put them in an angle like that, right off top, it kind of uh, like like it makes Mike Canellis look like a cuckold, and he's basically a little bitch. So that's what they're doing to Mike Canellis. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But whatever. Uh, we'll get into that more, and you know everything. I did watch uh, the first round of the G One. Um, by far, to me, the hands down best match of the night was Sonata against Zack Sabre Jr. To me, that was probably my favorite match of the year so far. Um, Tanahashi and Okada, that's cool. But man, I've seen it. We've all seen it. If you follow New Japan, uh, I didn't really get into the very beginning of those shows. I don't get into their six-man tag matches. I kind of fast forward through that stuff. But I was very interested in the tournament. And uh, I'm, I'm interested in seeing a lot of the matches that will be in the uh, tournament this year. So... But big ups to Sonata and Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, they put on a clinic. Cassius Cat Scan Wrestling at its finest. I knew what you know uh, Sabre could do. Uh, and I, I was familiar with Sonata, uh, but not as much. Uh, man, they matched each other just move for move, step for step, hold for hold. Uh, really, really good, fun match to watch. Um, Sonata did get the victory, which... I, I kind of figured they'd do that, but either way, that was probably my favorite match that I've seen in, uh, this this month, to be honest with you. 
So big ups to them. All right, guys. Like I said, uh, this is all brand new stuff here. The Big Dave. It's Big Dave's Wrestling Review. Big Dave's Wrestling Review. And we will be right back after a quick, quick break. And uh, we'll get back to Monday Night Raw on July 8th of 2019. All right, guys. We are back here at Big Dave's Wrestling Review. Monday Night Raw. Uh, here's the thing. You give us a, a show that tricked everybody into believing it was a good show. And I told everyone, look, Paul Heyman's not a part of this yet. He doesn't have his hands on it yet. Eric Bischoff would not be at SmackDown, and they're not going to have anything to do with it until after Extreme Rules. So these are things that I pointed out. Then, Even when I gave Raw a good review, I even said then, guys, settle down. This isn't all Paul Heyman. I knew it wasn't all Paul Heyman, and I knew they were trying to trick us. But I it was so desperate, man, so desperate for something good and something fresh and something new that for the first couple of hours after watching Raw, I said, wow, they, they gave us a good show. But then I had to think about it and I had to look back and, you know, you got matches that, you know, these two out of three falls matches are killing it. They're killing the product. Uh, elimination tags, elimination, all this crap. It's killing the show to me personally, because there's just no, once again, the whole logic thing goes so far with, with it, 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 it's, it's, we don't even have logic anymore. We don't have rules. We don't have any kind of uh, regulation on this thing. You know, I've got a nephew. He's he's six years old, and he's he loves wrestling. He loves the WWE. And I remember being that young, and I remember loving wrestling and loving and trying to understand the rules still, kind of. You know, like, uh, I remember there was a rule. It used to be, uh, especially in the Southern Territories, where if you threw a wrestler over the top rope in a match, it was a disqualification, you know. That was a disqualification. If you threw someone over the top rope out to the out to the floor, if the referee saw it, it was a disqualification. You know, as a kid, not knowing that there are different rules for different territories, things like that, you know, were kind of hard from, you know, I didn't understand it, but once I got it, I got it. But it was still confusing at that age, you know, when you're young and you're watching this product. And I could imagine being my nephew's age watching this now, there's no structure. There's no rules. There's no rules to any of this anymore. I remember when you couldn't hit a guy with a closed fist. It had to be an open hand or a forearm or an elbow. You couldn't hit him with your fist, you know? And and I know as things progress, things change. I get that. I mean, if you look at Stone Cold, Stone Cold come out and all of his moves were basically closed fist. And he was one of the biggest baby faces in the company. So you can't, you know, disqualify him for using a closed fist. So they kind of changed the rules and now a closed fist is completely legal. Throwing a guy over the top rope, completely legal. But these are the things that I think about. You know, because I think about when 20 years from now, what will the product be? 10 years from now, what will the product be? 
And what what are we leaving for the rest for the younger generations? Because even though the target audience right now, you know, is not the younger crowd, even though they try to say it is, WWE is making their money off people my age with children that grew up watching wrestling. That's where they're making their money, man. That's how they're making their money on these house shows and things like that. Oh, WWE is going to be in town. Let's get the kids. Let's get tickets. Let's go to the show. Those are the people that watch on Monday night. Those are the people who will be the future people to watch wrestling. Because they, because my dad watched wrestling. So I watched wrestling. So it's kind of the same thing. But what is the product going to be? I worry about where the product will be in 20 years. So we, we start out Monday Night Raw with this. But, all right, look. They at least didn't start out with a bunch of talking. Two weeks in a row, I was like, okay. Two weeks in a row, we get a match to start Raw. Like, as the competitors are coming to the ring, the announcers are talking about what's going to be happening and why they're having this match and what's going on, you know. And they start the match, and they said, you see, Becky Lynch comes out first. Huge pop for Becky. I, I think any time you can put Becky out in the opening segment, though, is a smart decision because uh, the crowd's really amped up right there, and they and Becky's one of the hottest stars they have. Becky's music hits, and you hear the announcer say, this match is a mixed tag team elimination match. WTF? A what? A mixed tag team elimination match. So, now we're doing these mixed tags a lot more, and these eliminations and all this. And I'm trying to figure out, well, how's this going to work? Because if Becky pins, or they were, and by the way, they were going up against Selena Vega and uh, Andrade Cienales. Selena Vega's looking fine as ever. So say Becky Lynch pins Selena Vega. Well, then not only is Selena Vega eliminated, but in part, so is Becky because she can't fight against Andrade. And I knew that's what was going to happen. Basically, that's what happened. Uh, they, they made a comment that made me laugh. They said, Selena Vega, she's so small compared to Becky Lynch. Uh, you know, she doesn't have the training that Becky Lynch has. But Selena Vega was trained in the streets. Um, well, just thought that was kind of funny. Um, Becky gets a disarmor on Selena. She taps out. We go to commercial break. We come back. We have Seth Rollins in the ring with Andrade. Now, here's where things get confusing to me. You've got Selena, who is eliminated. She's standing outside the ring, holding her arm. Becky, who cannot wrestle against Andrade, standing on the turnbuckle as if she's ready for a freaking hot tag. Well, you know she's not going to get tagged to come into the match because that technically can't happen. What if Andrade would have beat Seth? Well, then what would, we, what would we do then? But, you know, logic doesn't have any rules or any, any place in the WWE, especially on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. 
So basically, we have Seth Rollins versus Andrade, and I will say it was cool to see them, you know, square off in the ring against each other. I love Andrade seeing Amos. What they did in the ring was perfectly fine. There's a moment where uh, Selena Vega gives Seth the Hurricane Rana. Becky comes in to stop it, and while that's going on, Andrade hits Seth. Andrade goes, Andrade goes to hit Seth. Becky pushes Seth out of the way. Andrade, seeing Amos, accidentally hits Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch goes down. Seth Rollins, are you okay? Becky, are you okay? Andrade, and then attacks Seth from behind. Yada, yada, yada. There's another spot where Selena goes for the Hurricane Rana on Seth. Seth catches her, holds her with... Her legs wrapped around his neck and her head kind of dangling above the floor. In comes Becky for a drop kick. Seth goes back in the ring, hits Andrade, hits him with the curb stomp. One, two, three. And Seth and Becky are victorious. Um, I would have much rather had, you know, Becky on the outside, Becky doing commentary, you know, and have Selena on the outside with Andrade. And just have a one-on-one -on -one match with Seth Rollins and Andrade seeing Almas. We've been cool with that, man. I've been super cool with that. I would have loved to have seen that match. But they have to keep banging it in our heads that, you know, what will happen to their relationship? Will this be a strain on their relationship if they lose at extreme rules? What will that do to their relationship? Jeez, Louise, shut up about it. Like we've we know already, okay? We you've beat this into our heads. Stop it already, please, for Christ's sake. So as Becky and Seth are coming up the ramp, celebrating, you know what's coming. Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans come out with the attack. Um, you know, basically attack him on the ramp, leave him laying. Then we have Paul Heyman. Come to the ring. Paul Heyman comes to the ring and says, at Extreme Rules, Brock Lesnar will cash in his title against either Seth Rollins and or Kofi Kingston. And that's not a prediction, ladies and gentlemen. That's a spoiler. And every time I've told you that it was going to be a spoiler, I have told the truth. Ever since WrestleMania 30. But this time, since I've been telling the truth so much, maybe I'm lying this time. You'll have to tune in to find out. Great. I was going to tune in anyway, Paul. And I have no, I have no reason to truly believe that Brock Lesnar will show up. Although SummerSlam is, is approaching. So I don't know. But I do not see that happening. All right, after that, guys, what do we got? The holla, 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 six-man, two-out-of-three tag team match. We get the Miz music hits. Out comes the Miz, and we go to commercial. We come back from commercial. Elias and the Revival are in the ring. And Miz. Then we have the Usos music hit. So why did we bring the Miz out first? The face. All three heels come out while we're at commercial. 
And then the Usos music hits, and they come out and join The Miz. After three competitors that The Miz is facing is already in the ring. Logic, ladies and gentlemen. Logic. They are heels. It is a two out of three falls match. Miz is sitting there all by his lonesome. The Usos haven't got to the ring yet, but all of us are in the ring. What are heels supposed to do? Be heels. Why didn't they go after the Miz right there and attack the Miz, beat him down? Usos have to rush to the ring. Then you get the match started. You could already pin the Miz, put him in a finisher. But no logic. No, we're, we have to have the Miz music hit. Then we have to go to commercial. Then we'll bring out the Revival and Elias, you know, push them out there and give them a jobber entrance. Then the Uso, they've got really hype music, really hip music. The kids like them. Then we'll bring the Usos out so everybody can hear their theme music. That's, what, that's why they did that. That's exactly why they did that. You know, you couldn't have Elias... You know, a better way to do this, in my opinion, is, you know, before you go to commercial, have Elias strum his music, his guitar. Hello, my name is Elias. I'm here to da-da-da-da as he's talking and walking to the ring, which this is probably what they did anyway, as he's talking and walking to the ring. Then you go to commercial. Have the Usos and the Miz. If they want to come out separately, that's fine. Hell, have them all three come out to the Usos music. Anyway. Just my thing. Uh, basically, the way this works, uh, the Revival hit the Shatter Machine onto uh, one of the Usos. They get the pinfall. Elias just leaves the match for some reason. So we go to commercial, about a five-minute commercial. Okay? We're going to go commercial, and when we get back, this match will reset. All right? Go to commercial. Come back. Two guys sitting in the ring. Ring the bell. Now it's three on two because Elias, who did not lose, this isn't an elimination match. He just leaves. No explanation. No wonder why. Nobody asks what's going on. He's not hurt. He just he just leaves the match. Okay. You're gonna leave your guys at your teammates out there high and dry. That's cool. Whatever. So, after we get back from the match, from commercial, long story short, the, the Miz hits a skull-crushing finale on Dawson or Wilder. I can't remember which one it was. As soon as he gets the three-fall, three-count, to make the match 1-1, we don't reset and pause and give him five minutes or anything like that. It's... One, two, three, super kick, super kick, big splash off the top, and that's the match. Why do why do we get a five-minute break in between the first fall, but between the second and the third fall, there is no break? Like, you're so screwed. You know, if you want to lose, you want to lose that first one. Because there's no breaks between second and third. Logic, ladies and gentlemen, logic. Why does this happen? What are the rules? Tell us the rules. You know, when you watch a basketball game and you, you know, guys are like, oh, he's traveling, he's taking too many steps. You know, sometimes the announcers will stop and they'll watch it and they'll say, oh, yeah, he's traveling there. 
He can only take this many steps. This is what the rules are of the game. You can't do that. They don't do that here. Because there are no rules. There are no rules. There is no logic. None of this makes sense, ladies and gentlemen. None of it makes sense. Now, I will say... Um, Drake Maverick, 24-7 champion. The little promos he did on his Twitter account and stuff like that where him and his wife are on their honeymoon. Every picture he takes, he's raising up his title belt and it like blocks his wife out of the picture. It's very funny. I'll give it credit. Uh, after that, they announced that Rey Mysterio will be returning tonight and he's going to host an open challenge for anyone that wants to face him this, e this evening on Raw. And his opponent was none other than Bobby Lashley. Yep, Bobby Lashley comes in after supposedly being sent, you know, to the hospital in a very somber mood. And everyone were very, very worried about Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman. Everyone, please keep them in your thoughts. Bobby Lashley's back. You know, he destroys Rey Mysterio. There's a moment, you know, where after the match, he basically picks him up over his head, throws him on a bunch of referees. I don't have a huge problem with this. The only issue I have with it is I hate that you bring Rey Mysterio back just to get squashed by a guy who definitely didn't have to be on the, the show tonight. You know, we could have still been talking about all, all all night tonight how, you know, Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman, they couldn't be here tonight. Bobby Lashley cut a promo that said, I was the first man standing. No, I was the only man standing. And at Extreme Rules, we're having a last man standing match. He could have done that from his Twitter just as much as he did the last segment. I, You know, I didn't see a real need in having Lashley squash Ray, but hey, it is what it is. Then we have Cesaro versus No Way Jose. Another squash match for Cesaro. I like Cesaro's new ring entrance. I like how they're pushing him to be kind of this uh, a machine type wrestler. Just come in, do his job. Um, he actually wins with the sharpshooter, which I thought was cool. Um, basically, man, just a, a squash match for Cesaro. Then we go backstage, and the Street Profits are there again, and they're promoting uh, Extreme Rules. The Street Profits are the NXT Tag Team Champions. Uh, I heard that they were handpicked by Heyman to come up. Again, that's allegations. I don't understand why they take talent from NXT when they are champions or when they are very hot and give them no direction on the main roster. You have two guys who are, they don't seem like they're, they're, they're reading off scripts on NXT. They seem like they're, everything's rehearsed on Raw. All right, after that, we go to Mike and Maria Canellas backstage. They do a recap of all the stuff that happened. Uh, Mike is backstage telling her he's so sorry. He's so sorry. She says, I love you. I also love ice cream and pickles. He's like, huh? Ice cream and pickles? I want you to get me some. Oh. And as he's walking off, she's kind of like, how can him? 
How? What man gets tap? Has a woman tap him out? Don't like the angle. Don't care for it. Don't care if they ever do it again. But it looks like we're going to be getting that. So hopefully it's not a nine-month angle. Uh, Nikki Cross and Bailey. They're doing an interview because Cross and Bailey will be in a beat the clock challenge tonight. Time just time killer. Uh, yeah, basically it was just a time killer. Then you had the Viking Raiders in a squash match against whoever the local jobbers were. They totally destroyed those guys after the match. 24-7 crew and the jabronis, they start running around the ring chasing Drake Maverick. They go into the ring. The Viking Raiders are still in the ring, so they kind of bust some heads, kick them out. R-Truth gets in the ring. There's a stare down with R-Truth and the Viking Raiders. There was a little bit of a buzz there. And then R-Truth just backed out. And he went the opposite way that everybody else was running. There we go. Uh, yeah, basically that's the whole thing there on that, on that segment. Then you have Ricochet versus Luke Gallows. And they do a recap of all the stuff that happened last week. Ricochet comes to the ring and says, you know, um, I want, you know, I want to be like AJ one day, but you know how this is going to turn out. It's going to be me and Luke Gallows, but he's not going to be alone. And I'm basically going to have to fight all three of them. AJ Styles didn't have a problem with that because Ricochet beats Gallows when he, when he beats Gallows. Hey, you said you could beat us all three. Well, here's Carl Anderson. Commercial break, Carl Anderson, Ricochet beats Carl Anderson, AJ Styles comes in and proceeds the beat down. They beat down Ricochet, uh, they hit him with the Good Brothers finishing move, I believe it was called the Dreams, Dream something, I don't know, Dream Crasher or something. Um, they go set him up to put him up there for the Styles Clash off the top rope, Styles pushes him off and says, you know what, you're not worth it. I'm going to leave you a little bit left if you'll stay down. That way I'll, you'll have a little bit left at Extreme Rules as they're leaving. Ricochet's fighting his way up the ropes. Turn around. They beat him down again. Hit him up. They hold him while AJ hits the phenomenal forearm on Ricochet. And that is the end of that segment. Backstage uh, all night, Drew McIntyre and Shane McMahon have been trying to find... Roman Reigns' partner, because they are picking his partner tonight. They've been going for the trash man. They've gone to the uh, the guy that sells the beer. Finally, they find a 50-year-old janitor by the name of Gary. And I saw where this was going immediately. Because they say, Gary, we'll give you $5,000 just to stand there and not do anything. Oh, Gary said, oh, I, I'd do a lot if i do anything for $5,000. It's just like, oh, God, man. Well, I, I suck a dick for $5,000. But he was in his janitor gear, like the Dickie suit, you know, like the janitor gray one piece. And uh, Drew McIntyre says, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get you a mask to wear, too. You know, we don't want people to recognize you after this. 
Not like there's not a camera sitting there watching the whole time. As they walk off and that janitor's sitting there, they're kind of staring at him with the camera, like the camera's kind of zoomed in on him. And I knew then there's going to be somebody else under that mask in that, in that outfit. They're going to do that. I thought maybe it would be Shelton Benjamin because the guy kind of looked, kind of looked like an old Shelton Benjamin. The guy says, you know, I can't do it. I got a bum knee, all this stuff. Oh, you just stand there $5,000. We'll give you a mask. After that, we go to the beat the clock challenge, Bailey versus Sarah Logan. Sarah Logan uh, comes out to the Riot Squad music with the Riot Squad Titan Tron promo video package. She's basically doing this thing where she's kind of a Viking Raider female version. They've been trying it out on the on the house shows I've heard. You mean to tell me that y'all couldn't come up with something just real quick to throw out there instead of just Riot Squad and the Riot Squad's music? Like, come on, man. She's not a member of the Riot Squad anymore. Liv Morgan has done nothing on SmackDown, and I heard Ruby Riot is injured right now. So if you're going to put her out there, she doesn't dress up like the whole Riot Squad thing anyway. She never did, in my opinion. She never really fit that mold, in my opinion. And you can't give her just... I mean, there's not somebody in the back doing y'all's graphic designs and shit. I mean, fuck, man. I could have figured something out. Uh, but basically, Sarah Logan did a good job here. She I, she pushed Bailey to the limit. I think Bailey won in like 4 minutes and 32 seconds. Of course, Nikki Cross, she uh, was against Dana Brooke. I was surprised to see Dana Brooke back after the um, shot that she took. I, I thought she broke her eye socket. Maybe not. It was a few weeks ago. I did notice there wasn't a lot of blows towards the face. There wasn't anything around her face in this match. It was more suplexes and lower lower body extremity shots, things of that nature. So... Man, I, I've never been a fan of Dana Brooke, but, dude, I have heard so many good things about Dana Brooke and how hard she works. And if she's going out there and wrestling, she did a swanton dive off the top rope, man, and it looked great. She didn't hit it, but it looked great. You know, Dana Brooke could be one of those people that it just took a little bit longer for her to catch on. Hell, and that's okay, man. There's been a lot of guys right now that I respect in the business that it took them a little longer to catch on. Um, the Miz being one of them. The Miz was not that great in the ring when he came up. Um, Baron Corbin was not that great in the ring when he came up. And the list can go on and on. You know, I mean, heck, man, to be honest with you, Big E, Kofi, Xavier, they were not all that great in the ring when they first came into this onto the scene. Uh, but anyway, Nikki Cross beats her, beats the time. So she brings Bailey into the ring. She says, I want you to come in here face to face. Tired of you putting down Alexa. I'm so happy that I, I can announce the stipulation of y'all's match. And the match is going to be a handicap match. Me and Alexa versus you for the SmackDown women's title. Basically Cross then, um, uh, Nikki Cross keeps saying to Bailey, you know, maybe if you could go find a friend, if you could find a friend like I have an Alexa, you're just mad because you don't have a friend. 
that you can trust and that will stand by your side the way I do Alexa. And it was pretty much, for all the people that's in the know, the pretty much uh, hinting around about Sasha Banks. And, you know, eventually Bailey just slaps Nikki Cross. She slaps her back, scuffle, yada, yada, yada. Nikki Cross had new attire today, ladies and gentlemen. She had new ring gear. She does not look like that one chick that wore the same shirt every day in high school. But, you know, people that aren't in the know, they're not going to pick up the whole Sasha, Sasha Banks thing that she's doing right there. And they're, they put little things in there just for the marks like me. Like, uh, there was a moment in the... The AJ Ricochet match where AJ was kind of talking shit to Ricochet and he was telling him, you know what? You need to slow down. You need to learn how to slow down. You know, that's the same things that was said about AJ Styles when he was Ricochet's age. So, you know, it's kind of funny how that's all, you know, they're little smart marks like me. I pick up on that stuff. So now at Extreme Rules, is going to be Bayley versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross in a handicap match for the SmackDown Women's title. I see it going as Nikki Cross will pin Bayley. And then at that point, uh, Nikki Cross will... They'll go to hand the title to Nikki Cross. Alexa Bliss will take it. Something like that. I don't want to see that. But I can see it happening. Um, then we go back to Mike and Maria Kanellis. Um, she's basically saying, you know, he said, if I could, I'd impregnate you right now. She says, I'm not so sure you were the one that impregnated me. Well, whoa, what's going on here? Whoa, whoa. So we're going to be a who the daddy? Who is the pappy? Who is the pappy? For Maria Kanellis' baby. What if it's Vince? That's right. I'm the pappy. Ha ha. It's my seed from my loins. That got Maria knocked up. Ha ha. I'm the pappy. That'd be a good gimmick. Main event. Roman Reigns and Gary the Goat. Versus Drew McIntyre and Shane. Now, it was said in the stipulations of this match that if The Undertaker shows up, well, then he can't come to Extreme Rules. So that's their way of keeping The Undertaker off TV. I understand it. I get it. Uh, but here comes uh, Gary the Goat. And he's got his mask on and his janitor outfit. And he's limping around holding that bad knee. He gets tagged in and immediately does like a, a back kick and a springboard off the top rope. And you hear the announcers, oh, Gary, he's all right now. Yeah, look at Gary go. You guys know that's not that fucking same guy. There's no freaking way. I, I thought it was too small to be Shelton Benjamin. I said it's either Cedric Alexander or it's Lito Rush, which I was pretty sure it was Lito Rush, to be honest with you. I don't know why I didn't put two and two together. But I'm sure so many of you guys did, I mean, off top. But I haven't been exposed to Cedric Alexander. So at the end of the match, basically Drew McIntyre hits Gary the Goat with a Claymore. He gets the pinfall. 
But Roman's like, man, wow, Gary, you sure did do something good. Take that mask off. Who are you? It's Cedric Alexander. To no reaction at all. No pop. Nobody cared. I don't think people thought even knew who the hell it was. I bet you there were some drunk motherfuckers in the audience that thought it was Gary the Custodian still. What logic does Cedric Alexander have to put himself in this situation at all? Weren't you just fighting for the 24-7 title last week, two weeks ago? You know, I know I said we got to get these guys in some, in, in some, some spots last week. I named off all the people on the roster they did not use on Raw and SmackDown. Guys, Cedric Alexander's a great talent, but nobody cared. I heard it said on Fightful for their review, they said, there was no reaction to Cedric Alexander, much like nobody knew who he was because he's not been on the freaking show. Three hours in the crowd of a wrestling match. Now, I don't drink, you know, I, I usually don't drink at wrestling matches. I have before, and I've regretted it every time. And I quit drinking to, to you know, I quit getting drunk. I might have a drink every once in a while, special occasion. But I try not to get drunk. But a lot of people there, I'm telling you, a three-hour Monday Night Raw after about, you know, three hours of wrestling, that's about enough. You're getting kind of tired. You're already, your voice is worn out if you were getting hyped for the, you know, the show, which I wouldn't have gotten hyped for this show for any reason whatsoever. And you bring out a guy that most people don't even know who the hell he is. So did you think he was going to get a reaction out of the crowd for that? And now we have Tuesday Night Smackdown. And I'm assuming they'll do something with this angle to set it up for um, the pay-per-view Sunday. But again, there's no explanation. There's no... We don't understand why. It's just there. Cedric Alexander was to put it upon himself to go find this Gary the Goat custodian and said, hey, they gave you $5,000, but uh, let me put your suit on. Let, let me wear your mask and, then, and I'll go out there for you. Why? Just because there's no rules or logic on Monday Night Raw. That's the show. That is your go-home show. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're going to do. I'm going to go over now what I've heard in the alleged rumors mill. <clears throat> I have heard that they want to do a brand new draft. I've heard they may not even announce it and put it on the show like, it may be a behind-the-scenes draft, just like real sports. Raw and SmackDown, and that's going to happen. I've heard that's going to happen after SummerSlam. Again, these are allegations. I have also heard that SmackDown wants its own roster. 
and that Fox wants SmackDown to have its own roster. Fox does not want their athletes on SmackDown going to the USA Network. Allegations? Still, these are things that I've heard. You have the Iconics Women's Tag Team Championship that the Kabuki Warriors, Asuka and Kairi Sane, I thought won a match to become the number one contenders. But that's not happening on Extreme Rules. Maybe the pre-show? I don't know. They need to get those belts off the Iconics, move them over to there. I've heard Sasha Banks rumors. I've heard Sasha Banks wants to go to Japan. I heard Sasha Banks is coming back. I heard Sasha Banks is just took time off. And everybody knows it. And they're cool with it. I don't know. I hope that they do the draft. I hope they do a real draft. And I hope it's not one of these things where your champions are going from Raw to SmackDown and flip-flopping titles. Keep the titles where they are. Have a real draft. Do not pull up. Man, there's just select people that might be able to come up to NXT, from NXT that I would be cool with. But for the majority, keep NXT where it's at. Do your draft for all SmackDown. Maybe we'd pick out a few guys from 205 Live. Pick out a few guys from NXT. But the major stars from those NXT especially needs to stay on NXT. So again, another role that really does not deserve its own review. Where's the Attitude Era, guys? I thought we were getting this big Heyman switch up last week. Come on, guys. I mean, the, the, the Heyman Era has begun. There was new. I heard everybody say, "Oh, they're going to have a new stage next week." That's why they did the spot with Strowman and Bron and and Lashley because they're going to revamp the stage. They're going to have a brand new stage this week, and Paul Heyman is going to be pushing it to PG fourteen. And uh, yeah, Big Dave, you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, it was a good show. You're just being a hater. You're just an AEW mark. No, I'm not. I'm smart, motherfucker. I've watched the product enough. I know what they're doing. There's only two, there's only really one explanation on some of the things that they do. Two explanations on some of the things that they do where they've outsmarted me. And if they've outsmarted me, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna show my cards. I'm not gonna let you know what I'm talking about. But if they're outsmarting me on the level that they, that I, that they, they're either, they're either shitty and not knowing it. Or they are shitty and knowing it for another reason and they are way ahead of me. And I know it might not make sense. But what I'm saying is I've always felt like there are ways to make this product better. Ways to make this product seem more realistic. I'm not going to go into it right now. If that's what they're doing and they've gotten one over on me, kudos to you. Kudos to you, Vince. But I know deep down in my heart. You ain't doing that. So, like I said, if they can do these, if they can do these great, you know, uh, if they can make these brands separate, do a new draft, maybe it'll do something. But I'm still not convinced. 
Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, allegedly, from what I've understood, were always saying they were going to AEW. They wanted out of their contract. Guess what? Now they've signed a five-year deal. They, find a, they signed a five-year deal basically just to be AJ Styles' henchman for how long? For how long? We all want the club to be a big thing. We all want Finn Balor on the club, and we want that to be a big thing. <clears throat> I would love to see that. But they're not going to give it to us. You really think they're going to give us that? It wasn't Vince's creation. This is something those guys did in Japan. He's not going to let them do it over here. Not to the extent that they should do. Now, you know, they have gold right there. But they don't use it. They made Gallows and Anderson promises that I guarantee you that they're going to be on the show more and they're going to be a big part of this big transition coming in October. No. I guarantee you, I guarantee you they will find a way to fuck this up. Gallows had a singles match tonight. And I, I read somewhere it was the first singles match he's had since 2017 against Enzo Amore. But now you want to sign him to a five-year deal. Him and Carl Anderson both. You've had him sit in the back and catering for years, and now you want to give him a five-year deal. Why? 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 Don't tell me that you've been planning this for so long that you just had him in the back waiting. You don't want him going to AEW. Period. I'm not so sure that the Eric Bischoff signing and the Paul Heyman signing isn't to keep them from going to AEW. That is what's going to start happening. Mike and Marie Canellis is another great example. Why did you sign them for five freaking years? They have been nothing but disappointment since they've signed on. It's not a good business move. NXT is training the stars for tomorrow's AEW stars. That's what they're doing. Look, I can't blame anybody. These people have families. They have kids. You know, they don't have a retirement. They don't have, you know, the things that real regular jobs have. They don't have a 401k. So, you know, to get a big contract and to be able to sit and, and, and not put a strain on your body and basically you're just taking a check not to work somewhere else. I mean, I can't blame anybody for that. I really can't. But dear God, can you sign? I mean, I just don't understand the Mike and Maria Canella signing. I don't get it. So this is what we're going to get, guys. This is what we're going to continue to get until at least by the, by the, by the very best after Extreme Rules. So could this be the last Raw of the, you know, Vince McMahon still being really over top of everything? I don't believe so. I don't believe we're ever going to move from there. I believe Eric Bischoff was signed to work directly with Fox executives because he is good at that angle. Eric Bischoff has never been a great booker. 
That's why I don't understand the the uh, executive director role because you're, and, and creative director role. I mean, granted, Eric did good with the NWO and all that, but he kind of got lucky on that. And with Goldberg, too, he kind of got lucky with that. But he's good with the network executives. He's used to that. He's he's done that before. I think that's why they hired Eric, and they didn't want him to go to AEW. So they had, had to put somebody over Raw. They didn't want to put Triple H there because that's a demotion for Triple H. I've tried to explain that to people, and they argue with me. Why does Triple H want to be the executive director of Raw or SmackDown when he's basically the vice president of the whole freaking company right now? Really, the only person over him is Vince or Stephanie. Why? Why would, He oversees everything. So I don't know, guys. I believe, I, I think they just signed Paul Heyman because they had to put somebody in that role and they knew that if they did want to push the edge a little bit Paul Heyman would be the guy to do it guys I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up there uh, once again thank you so much for listening we are going to try to get these onto the YouTube channel Big Dave's Wrestling Review we're trying to get this on there as well so be on the lookout for that if you do find that channel, make sure you please like, subscribe to the channel. There's a little bell icon on the on the main page of the of the YouTube channel. Click that bell icon. That way, you'll be notified whenever, I, anytime I upload a video onto that channel, you'll be the first to know. Also, you can get us on Anchor app, of course, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Breaker, there's another uh, outlet that just got approved yesterday. I, I, I mean, that sounds bad, but I can't remember which one it was. But there's plenty of ways to find the uh, Big Dave's Wrestling Review. And once again, I will see you guys after SmackDown. We'll see what they do with that. I'm going to relax and enjoy my birthday today. 27 years old and holding. And guys, make sure you tune in next time. Big Dave's Wrestling Review.